Fran's like, that's always been a thing, though. Not Pick always. Green guy right here on my titty. Right here. That that green man, bad boy, became a good guy. Um, Vegeta, how many people did this son of a bitch kill? A lot. Friends. And it's just like chill afterwards, dude. Like, it's just. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times did this fucker die? He died like three times, dude. <laughs> that's the only way and he orgasms now. Let me do a little voiceover. Users, Josh is pointing to a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt that he has underneath his comfortable comforter as he sits there and points oh, out yeah. who has killed who and whom. And I'm just saying, um, I feel like Pokemon always had a friendly vibe between, like, I don't even remember who Team Ash was, but, you know, it seemed like he was always Team friendly towards, towards the friendly <laughs> people. Over here. What, wasn't he? I don't, dude, I'm sorry, dude. Look, my, I've had techni- we had some technical difficulties due to, I have a very old computer. And it makes me feel useless because um, I can't connect. I can't show my video. Um, I try to use work laptop. That got uh, kibosh because the man was keeping us down. I'm sure Zach's going to be getting a, a letter of forfeiture or, or cease and desist from um, the company I work for. And uh, and then I feel like I miss out on the connection, bro. I feel like my brothers are you know, having a good time and I jump on and it's just like, Oh, look at this. Yeah, bro. Well, I mean, you could have just decided to watch Pokemon with us, play the Pokemon games, be a fucking weeb, dude. But no, you're like, oh, I like sports. Sports. (laughs) (laughs) I love watching other men Uh, play with balls. Oh, yeah, exactly. So straight. So straight. Hmm. That's odd. I thought Why y'all... can't you be more like us and like fake girls? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I introduced Zap to Power Rangers. And via that, Pokemon was on afterwards. So, like, I I, I birthed you into... I don't know. Po- oh, Power God. Rangers... No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, Power- Pokemon wasn't after Power Rangers. Just well, because it was they were on different time- channels. I'm just saying it was in and that time Pokemon frame. didn't come out until, like, 98. It was Power like Rangers was, like, 93. It was, like, 96. Yeah, it was, I thought it was 96, 95. Damn, dude. Was it Power really Rangers came out in 93. Power Rangers was a cultural phenomenon, though. Yeah. So, like, whether or not you introduced me to it, it would have eventually been on my radar because I was a kid during the 90s. But, 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 but you know... As as Jake says, you know, reality can be changed, but a thought a thought can't be faked. And you're trying to change reality by having this thought that it was a cultural phenomenon. You would have experienced it either way, but you were a little baby in your pull up fucking diapers, and we literally sat down and watched the very first episode. I got home from school, we watched it. You loved it, and that's a core memory for me, bro. And you didn't take my core memory. Of me and you together watching Bro, I thought you were going to Jake Chambers me, bro. I thought you were going to be like, go then. There are other worlds than this. And I was like, what? <laughs> I forgot homeboy's no, bro, name I, was Jake I, in this last movie we watched. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I know when we first uh, kicked it off, you were like, I think Josh said Kaufman was demented. Or, or what did you say, Josh? He's a crazy fuck. Oh, he's sick in the head or something. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny no, you said that. What genius is in a little twisted? True. I mean, that's what that's how Josh. I mean, that's how Zach tries to justify all the crazy shit he says at, at family dinners. Cockapoopoo, peepee pie. I think Damn, this bro. edible is already hitting, man. Ugh. It probably, it probably is, dude. You haven't, you haven't eaten anything, it and it literally is digesting it. Yeah. I mean, I. Did I mean, but when Z- Josh said that about that, and then I ate the food. 
that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You're on, you're on an empty stomach and your body's literally digesting what you just put in there. And that was the first thing you took. And so it's, it's breaking it down. I feel quick. it in my eyes. You can feel it's it like, in your eyes, bro. It's, it's helping your glaucoma. It's helping me open up my third eye. And then like the Yu-Gi-Oh fucking thing. And then the, the, the little puzzle comes right out of my chest. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! He's like, it's finished this, Kaiba. This dude, dude I'm doesn't high. get this. I'm high, Shit, I was about dude. to say, is this fool talking about the heart of the uh, the heart of the cards right now, dude? What is yeah, going the heart on? of the this cards. Guy knows. The I do remember. Cards. Yeah, I, I remember watching some of those with you, so I I remember some of the things in there. But uh, yeah, I guess I was too oh, busy wanting to play with balls with other boys that uh, I didn't uh, <laughs> really take in and take it all in when y'all were watching that. But early, right when I got kicked off, and Josh was saying. Um, you know, Kaufman was sick in the head. Literally this morning, as I was kind of like, me and Josh watched, I'm thinking about ending things last night. At 10.45, we started. So this movie's not done till almost one Bro, in the morning. I was I, falling I, asleep sleepy. at the end because I started at the same time. Yes. I had to watch it, finish yes. it this morning. How did both of y'all go to sleep, you old fucks? Jesus. It's I was, so I slow, it, Bro. It was slow, but I was so it, engaged in that movie, though. No, it's no a great I, movie. I was engaged... It, I, I was engaged, but it, and then when we got to the high school scene, it seems like it, it slowed down. How would either of y'all give a, a a synopsis or an overview of I'm thinking of ending things? Golly, dude. I would just say read the log line, but just because this movie has too much to, to give a brief, a very brief synopsis. I, I, I The only thing I can think, it's, it's, it's a wintry tale of love's lost loves imagined and the pain of living a normal existence. I mean, I, I would do something similar. Like it would be, you know, a, a frigid tale of loneliness in a relationship that may or may not exist. I don't know. God. I, yeah. I'm interested to see what the log line is now. Cause I'm like, yeah, how the fuck do I describe this movie? <laughs> I found this, the log line. Okay. Talk to, <laughs> it me. Says, talk to me. Goose. It says full of misgivings. A young woman travels with her new boyfriend to her parents secluded farm upon arriving she comes to questioning everything she thought she knew about him and herself full of misgivings a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parent oh god i just read it damn why did you think repeat? but yeah that's essentially it yeah, like, it's like yeah. it goes that and then it's like oh god i felt like the movie was happening yeah. in real it life was, when you yeah, started reading meta, it again, meta, meta going <laughs> like what is happening bro I, I literally thought he was about to reread it and like and then just change like a couple of the words, like you know what I mean. And I'd be like, "Oh, what the fuck is that? The logline for real? That would creep me the fuck out, dude." When I woke up this morning to like look up some things, like um, like similarities that I was trying to remember from adaptation and things, I was like, "Dude, I'm just hearing like in my head, Kaufman, Kaufman, like that." I mean, that's literally all these movies literally make you go into your head. Um, it, it makes you feel like you're it's true, like in the movie or the movie is you. And I was going to say that last night to Josh when he was like, like some of the camera points of view, it looked like somebody was, cause Josh goes, Who, who's, who's looking, who's, who's looking in right now. I think it was just making us look into, like it was making us the, 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 the like the, the creeper of this whole 
crazy journey. I agree. Like there is that weird, like somebody's watching things, but what about like the parts where like in the beginning he could almost hear the girl's thoughts where she was like talking about, I'm thinking his head. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, he was like looking whenever she was thinking it was strange. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't, I don't think I understood that part of how like, because I understand the whole thing was kind of, I wouldn't say kind of in his head, but, somewhat it was i don't know man this movie was weird dude like again this is this is my this is me and junior's first impression of this movie zach's seen it twice so he has a little bit more perspective on kind of what's going on so i i think as far as like what was going on there so i think in a way kind of so early on in the movie like opening credits and me and josh were actually kind of looking back before we started the podcast because I was looking at the script and the script was saying like, and I guess it probably wasn't the shooting script or the final script, but it was like describing something completely different. I go, dude, is that how the movie opens? So we kind of looked at it really quick, but there's a line she says early on in that. So it says something about like, Jake says, sometimes a thought is closer to the truth or something like that. And like, that, because you can't fake a thought. And I think I was kind of referencing that earlier when I was telling Zach about Power Rangers. So I think he, it, it's funny because that's what she says Jake said, but as the movie goes on, I realized this is just, you think it's her point of view, but it's him remembering his life, right? I mean, at least that's, you know, like the jumps between when he was, you know, a janitor. Um, you start, it slowly unravels. You realize he's, that, oh, that old janitor's him, and he's kind of trapped in his memory. So I think, as far as what Josh was saying, how did he know what she was saying? I think that's that part where he's kind of flipping that whole, like a thought can't be faked. I think he was so consumed and trapped by these memories of these people, especially with her, even, and also her name changed throughout the whole movie. So you didn't know if she was the same girl every time because, you know, she got a call from Lucy and Yvonne and he called her Ames. And so it, it's kind of like he, it's maybe how he's remembering it. And in that dead space, he's thinking what she thought she might've been saying or saying to herself and, and then he's just he's kind of just trapped in this memory and recreating it at least i mean that's kind of that's one of the thoughts i had but there's so much going on me and josh said i, I would say that's a great thought you're almost there i didn't know exactly and that's exactly where i would have gone or like maybe he was a killer like the janitor was the killer or him younger murdered her something like that but i did a little cheating i went and read some articles that mm. interviewed kaufman Oh, so you and did so research what it actually is. I did some research. I did some research. <laughs> awesome. And can what it a, actually can we get a is. Clap on that. Research. The, do the, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yay. So tell tell me what you found out. All of it is actually in the janitor's mind. It's a story he's creating, mm-hmm. and that's why it's shifting so much. So it's not even a memory. It's just a shifting monologue of this guy's boring existence that's influenced by all this other media that you see um and one of the sequences where he's in the house they go into his room and there's all these movies and books mm-hmm. and throughout the movie there are little easter eggs that are uh layered and placed um throughout his memory because he's building this this palace memory palace that doesn't exist out of his past experiences and what he thinks love could be or what his fantasy is right which is interesting especially in conjunction with the line that y'all are referencing where you know, he's like, what's realer than uh, a thought can never be real or something along those lines. Well, it, it was, he was saying uh, sometimes a thought is closer to truth 
to reality than an action. You can say anything, you can do anything, but you can't fake a thought. And so she's saying, he's putting this, these words, this memory into this girl at the time, Lucy. And I think that's how he's trying to justify, like, I can't fake this thought. Like, I'm thinking this is what happened. I can't fake this. This is true. But in reality, you see it. It's a lot of different. And that's when you start realizing the calls that kept coming in. Right, Josh? It, it was different names that would come in. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it was different girls. It was different names um, that he had called her. Like, if when he first gets in the house, mm-hmm. uh, before he calls her something, and then later on, the mother's like, oh, this is so-and-so, or Louisa, or something like that. And then you see the name in the call log. And then they call her something else. And it just keeps going through these different names. Right. He can't keep straight his fantasy. And Josh, what did you say? Um, remember they were, he was watching the old, the Janet when he's a janitor. And again, I thinking I'm like, but get my, my best guess is when they show him the old man, that's him older. Um, right. And, and even how it opens up, remember she's sitting on the side of the street by like a building waiting for to, to pick up. And there's this old man looking down on her like mumbling the same thing like asked the question or i forgot exactly what it was now i think it's what it was is he was just you know getting ready for work and he saw a young lady sitting on the side of the road and it reminded him about the time he picked Mm -hmm. up a girl right and then that's how it goes like every time it's the old man it's present day and he's like eating lunch watching a movie and 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 i think josh mentioned this and he looked it up and, and i looked it up too but going back to what zach was saying about creating a memory or whatever like it was a movie directed by robert Semeckis, who like wrote and directed back to the future polar express and polar express back to the future so when you were saying that earlier about like what you found in the research it's funny that that's what he's wa- he's watching a movie by a guy that has like the the premise of back to the future is you go to the past I mean, it's not even a real movie either right no no but i'm saying the, di- the director was robert Semeckis, and so like he did back to the future so he's going back to the past and recreating, trying to recreate his future of where he's at, like trying to, I don't know, maybe justify it or create how, cause I think he says something or somebody says that along the line toward the end about like the decisions we make and where we end up. I can't remember exactly, but I think, I think that's interesting. And I, I don't think I realized it until the, I right think- before they got to that Dairy Queen type restaurant that had the fucking clown from the it as a mascot. That's when I started realizing, yeah. oh shit, we're in his head. Not it's not yeah, the other exactly. way around. So like those scenes that you pointed out where the old man's there and he's talking, I what my take is that that's him building them up in that sequence like he's like in basically talking to himself the story that he's imagining and when they see him it's like pulling away the veil of their existence. It's like that's why it felt so weird each time. Like um there's a, a scene where they're in the car at the beginning and she like looks out the back window at whoever's looking at them kind of thing. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. Zach Junior pointed that out. Like we were, yeah, yeah. We were watching like it got to that part where she like looked at the corner of the, the car or something. Mm. And then she stares right at the camera and she does it again when she's doing the poem for uh bone. Uh, what is it called? Ragbone or bone, bone dog bone home or, Bone dog, yeah. Bone she's dog, saying yeah. that, and then she also does it again when she looks at the the visor mirror, and she looks at the camera three times. 
So it, it is a bit strange, but this is all in his head. So I, I don't know what that actually meant for staring directly at us, you know? Right. And then she also was doing, you know, whenever she was telling the poem to him and then he's like, wow, that, that really uh, felt like it was me. So are we getting the exact, because, because there is a lot of meta shit in here. So is that, that also thing of, we got to, we are this POV. And then the, I'm going to jump again when they're at dinner and they're like, oh, this is my art. You're supposed to be the POV, you know? So are we supposed to be the POV for this? And we're experiencing this entire fucking thing. And that, and, and, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a huge element of that for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think going back to what you originally asked about, like somebody was creeping on them and it felt like somebody was watching them from the perspective. I think mm -hmm. that was the old man creating the story. So he was the outside watcher mm. of his own oh, creation. Okay. So we're the old man watching. Kind of. Yeah. But I do also like what you just pointed out about the art and that, because that, I think there's also that at play. What well, I think what, and, and we're going to obviously, you know, we're going to dive probably more a lot about this su subject that Josh had said about meta when we talk about adaptation, but that's what Kaufman does. It's like, everything is almost meta as far as what I have seen of it, like to a degree. And this one was almost like when she looks at the camera, like straight down the, the barrel of the camera out the car window, it's almost as if it's trying to say, Hey, it's like bringing us in to the world. Like she's looking directly at the camera, like breaking the fourth wall, but not how like most meta movies do it. It's um, and then, and then he it mingles that with what Jack, I think what Zach just said, like, it's the old man being the creeper on these memories, but it, they draw us in in a way and we're engaged and we're thinking I'm looking in on this weird memory. Like once I realized it was a memory, I started to say, Oh, that's well, it's not even a memory. It, well, yeah, it's not, not yeah, no, yeah. It's a it's creation, a, a daydream, right? Yeah. Um, or whatever it might be. And I think that's to protect himself and where he, because think about all the praise and accolades his mom gave him. And then also mm -hmm. how he always changed his girlfriend, what she did. She was a quantum physicist or a quantum psychic, as the mom said. Um, yeah. Or she was a gerontologist, right? Studying the aging process. Like it was always so. Or a poet yeah. or an artist. And then there's so much fucking. Yes. It just kept evolving. Exactly. And so he, I think what he's doing is creating this daydream of like how he got to where he was. He was just too smart for people, like too smart for people to realize or appreciate. Um, you know, that's that piece where he's like feeding the mom. Remember, Josh and, and and Zach, like, and he's saying, like, I just wish people could see the things that I do. I feel like no one ever does. So, like to Zach's yeah. point, he, there's le he's leaving like like little Easter eggs, and that's the poem because eventually she goes in the room and finds the book that the poem's actually from, and so he's trying to create this idea that this one girl or this composite of a girl was the one who wrote this poem, like trying to, again, um, what, what does Josh always say? Put it on a pedestal in his memory, I guess. Dude, that whole house, the whole time that they were in that house was just such a weird. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No time. I really enjoyed the house sequence the most out of this whole movie. It made me feel the most alive. Cause I was creeped the fuck out the whole time. 
Yeah, 100. Yeah, there was the a fucking bro. dog that just kept shaking itself. Bro, you never seen a dog like that? Bro, like, it just kept going. Dude, I've met a dog like that. Like <laughs> some weird. I think this dog had like water in his ear or some shit. Cause like I remember he would do the little spinnies, and then he would spin and just turn into this tornado. I'm like, dog, you need to stop. Like you're you're hurting yourself. <laughs> you're somehow. dead. You're a glitch in the matrix. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what Z- J- Junior said. He's like, bro, this is the matrix, man. It's just this, this is the the cat, but it's a dog for us in this movie. Yeah, I told Josh, I said, maybe that's the device they're using instead of the black cat. Like the dog shows up and spins. And so like we're changing something about the memory, at least in the house, right? At least in the house portion. Well, I mean, that, that's a big thing, like because the parents age keep shifting. Mm-hmm. So it's like when he's trying to place this like... I guess memory does work as a as a what we call it because it's not like a, a real memory, but it's like this false memory, and he's trying to place it in a time where um, his parents are there, but he can't since it's not real place them correctly, and that's why the age keeps shifting um, oh. of his parents. That's true. So, didn't they point that out? Like whenever she, they were all talking in the living room, and he's like, "Oh, on your fiftieth birthday," and you're like, "You mean twentieth birthday?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. that's right. Oh, God damn, dude. Yeah, I mean, so I would say, and I mean, there's so much to be said about this movie, and I still got a few other points, but it reminds me of watching, um, to a degree, not not fully, but watching uh, Paprika. Like, there's so much other stuff that, like, it it deserves multiple watches. And I I mean, look, I think most people aren't going to fancy this movie. Um, If you're not a Kaufman fan already, like, you're you're probably not going to, um, stick it all the way out, but I think you have to watch it multiple times to really appreciate everything that's in there because it leaves you like thinking about so many different things. But I think the thing I like the most, again, and I probably mentioned this multiple times, but um, you know, because Josh was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to reread that poem written down to like you know, kind of fully understand it." The Bone Dog poem that like she says in the car ride at the beginning. And so I read it again. I read it last night and this morning. It's like, it, it just feels like, again, it's layering in what's going to happen. Like, it's like, it opens up with like, coming home is terrible. Right. And, and like, he's literally thinking about when he, and even when he gets there, he acts all weird. Like he, his mom's waving or at least the memory of his mom and he doesn't want to go in. And it, it just like, and then, and then it goes down later, it says coming home is terribly lonely. So every time he thought of home and you kind of got that vibe looking at the pictures, like it's, the parents standing behind him while he sits on the couch and he graduated just looks like a lonely picture. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that poem really like kind of, there's things in there that Kaufman kind of sets up the tone of like where this movie's going, but you don't realize it at the time. Um, and if you like go through there and look at the different, like there's just different lines that stick out when you're reading it, you're thinking, Oh damn, I, this kind of, this is where the movie goes at cer- certain points of the movie. So I like that. But again, I think there's, I need to probably watch it two more times just to really even fully grasp everything at like, not even everything, like to have a 75% understanding. Yeah. And there, did y'all, do y'all know what the hell was that one point? Whenever she was in the house and she was looking at a picture and she saw a picture of herself as a child and, you know, he's all saying, Oh, do you not recognize who that is? And she looks back again, and it's the same picture, but with shorter hair, and it's him. And it's just like, 
I, I'm not. I don't understand what that was supposed to mean. Like because it's clearly it's just, about him, but it's a picture of her. I, I, I don't know. It's I, because I she is an aspect of himself because right. she is created from himself. Oh, okay. So there's like that illusion as well. Yeah, I agree with Zach on that, Josh, because I think it also kind of feeds in at that point in the movie. Again, I don't think at that point I realize it's him doing like it's his mental space that we're in. Because I was just saying, oh, maybe she's trying to describe the fact like in a relationship, how and she even says that she's like going down the stairs and like it looks like it's never ending. Oh, I don't know where he ends and I begin, you know, are we melding together? And so at that point, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking oh, this is what he, this is what's going on. It's the idea of trying to get out of a relationship. Cause she even says that an object in motion stays in motion. Maybe a bad relationship in motion just stays in motion, right? Like I'm just going to be on this ride. And so like, maybe at that point I'm thinking, oh, they're conveying the idea of a bad relationship where you, you get so consumed, like you, you don't not, you meld into each other and it just becomes part of you and you don't know where the other person ends and you begin, even though you desperately want to get out. And at that point, I'm like, oh, dude, this is and that, and with the house setting and the parents, I was like, bro, this is my worst nightmare. This is why I don't date. This is why I don't become get intimate with people because I don't want to go through that feeling. Um, so but then obviously they leave the house and that's when I start to realize in that car ride. Oh, shit, this is this is him. And that's why I think like to Zach's point, he's projecting himself into that a little bit, you know, into her the aspect or the way he sees her and it's it's confusing at times and and oh that's the thing i like too and it kind of just goes to the meta and and i don't know some people might think it's like the director like kaufman is maybe holding our hand but i think you kind of have to for certain parts of this movie like the dad's she's like oh no i need to go home and the dad's old and he's like i'm confused and at that point i literally was confused i was like I'm with you, Pops. Yeah. I don't know what is going on right now. Um, they do that then in the car ride after, uh, maybe before they get the ice cream or after, and they start breaking down that movie, A Woman Under the Influence, and she's like breaking it down, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. That's when, it, that's when it's all starting to click for me a little bit. It's like, oh, she's, again, Kaufman's showing us, okay, is all the stuff that I've done making you feel isolated like is it conscious or unconscious like that's literally the description she's doing in the movie so i got something for that like so at that at this point when we were watching it we didn't know that she was clearly changing or she was different people until a little bit later but she also mentions in the first drive there that like she's i I don't know if she's putting him down she's saying like oh you watch too many movies you do all this and then, like, we go back, and she's driving back, and then she's analytically breaking down this movie to its, you know, just breaking it. Down. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and it, and like, so was that another person that was breaking it down? Because it, her tone of voice did change to like almost. Oh yeah, like yeah, because like she was she was putting down like, oh, you need you watch too many movies, mm-hmm. you don't know where this lay, and all this other stuff, and then they mentioned that movie, and then she's just immediately, you know. Just, talking about this movie so i assumed that was a different uh person that wasn't uh lucy or whatever right it could have been a memory a, a real memory of like a relationship that didn't work out you know mm, type of yeah. situation right or um, you know i'm not sure based on what we've kind of discovered based on what zach research has said earlier and also kind of where i think me and josh started figuring out oh this is not her it could be his analysis of it coming through her you know what i mean like because because he seems to be very 
Uh, you know, she, like Josh said, she kind of needles him for like watching too much movies and filling his head with like emptiness almost kind of sounds like mom, but, uh, uh, but also, you know, he talks about David Foster Wallace and the essay about television and like, so clearly, and you see him watching a movie in his older self, like, so yes, movies were a thing he, he loved to do. Um, so it could be both, I think, right? Like it maybe was a, cause, oh, wasn't that the time, Josh, that the girl from the fake movie shows up in the passenger seat for a little bit? Like it swaps, yes. it, it swaps out yes. the, the girl that's, you know, Lucy, and then it shows a different girl. So it could be, he's like, oh, I did date a girl who was very like, analy- you know, who liked movies too and broke it down. But again, you don't know, man. That's the thing. It's just so. Got to read the book. You know, you know, it's really interesting is that both of these movies are adaptations, even though one of them is <laughs> right. <called> adaptation. <laughs> Yo, and you know, it's funny that you say that because when they open up that scene and like we just rewatched it again and I just re- I realized, oh, and, and I, I know I remember seeing it when I was watching the movie, too. Like I was like, oh, I've seen this earlier, but it, it hit different this time. That, oh, they open, like to your said, they open the house. That's how the movie opens. You see the wallpaper. You see the sewing machine. Um, even Josh pointed out, oh, yeah, look at the camera. It's low level when he's coming down the stairs and rounding the banister like he's a kid. So it's this memory palace. And he's and they're basically showing it to us. Here's this memory palace. But it was funny because there's flowers on all the walls. And I'm like, can it just be a movie about flowers? <laughs> and then you see the you see orchids on there. I'm like, wait a minute, is this adaptation? Like, what is going on? I was I was pretty high yesterday when I watched it again. <laughs> it's <was> so weird. <laughs> I kind of want to be and watch it because I just feel like maybe I'll see things that I didn't realize have different perspectives. Right, it made me things. feel so many things, bro. It was it was weird. So you know, obviously we you know we detoured these last couple of weeks with you know from watching our favorite romances and in internal sunshine and spotless mind. What, what similarities did you guys see in this movie from like that movie? Definitely from eternal sunshine. I see, you know, th- th- there's a lot of similarities in like the, the sequencing, like there's weird sequences. Like, so like in eternal sunshine where he's jumping from memory to memory, um, you see that same type of thing happen here because he's, trying to construct a false memory and so there's like mixes of childhood memories and uh heavily influenced by a relationship that in this one didn't exist and in uh eternal sunshine did exist but is no longer going to exist so like i think they can like be held up to each other and kind of like mirrored in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um but no i i see a lot of uh of what worked in that in this so yeah i mean i think you know, obviously, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was directed by Michelle Condry and Kaufman directed this one. But it's almost as if, especially in the car ride, once they start leaving town, they start talking about the blizzard. It almost seems like a seamless transition of of uh, Clementine and Jim Carrey's character walking on the beach and it's snowing. And now here we are again. And then when you think about the aspect of the memory, it's like, he's it's everything's awash with white because he's trying to create like, you know what I mean? Like he's trying to keep everything else blank except for these core memories of like the Tulsi town or whatever the fuck that stupid Dairy Queen knockoff was. That was kind of creepy. Man. The, the hit. You know, it's funny. They I tried to get the rights for Dairy Queen, but they couldn't get them. Really? Well, this is good. I liked it. Yeah. It fit. It felt like <laughs> yeah. It. It, it, and that's what Kaufman said. He was like, it actually worked out better because it felt like it was more localized. Right. And yeah. 
but they but gave it, you a shit ton of ice cream for eight dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Giant cups of ice cream, dude. <laughs> I mean, those things were like thirty-two ounce cups of ice cream. Of ice cream, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, now that I say that, I remember she points out that swing set. It's by an abandoned house. It's brand new. So again, it just shows like you're in a memory, and he didn't remove that swing set for whatever reason, right? Like it's just. I, I, that aspect, I mean, and again, I think that's what you're dealing with in Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. The memories are getting erased. And I think I remember asking how much of those memories were true that Jim Carrey was remembering and how much was mm-hmm. like maybe, you know what I mean? So, and it, it had that aspect. And then I think it, I saw some of the, like the in shot special effects. Me and Josh kind of mentioned this last night when we watched it. Like she was in the dress, the little blue dress, and like, the camera pans out to look at the stairwell and then it comes back around and she's got the sweater back that she had on before and the necklace is gone, but you can still see the little blue dress underneath. So it was that in shot, like, like, you know, just having wearing multiple pieces of clothing, just taking it off really quick and taking off the accessories and coming back and you're just like, Oh, what just happened? You know, like, it's like, again, it shifted really quick. Funny enough, uh, something similar. Whenever we were doing, actually, this was like my first project, that I remember doing at, uh, at, at school. And uh, we were doing a music video to Under Pressure by Queen. Mm. And we were in the same shot. We, we had, essentially, we had this person take a test and he was hoping to pass, right? But he was studying so hard. Whatever, it's, 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 it's shittily made. I have it still. So if y'all want to watch it, it, it's terrible. But um, <laughs> like, so what we did was there was a shot when he was taking the test and then we're like, oh, we can finish this same scene, but it's a different day. And you're like, well, we can't wear have them wearing the same outfits. So we had someone that was much larger, Swiss shirts with the other guy. So he was with this giant shirt and the other person in the background had this tiny ass shirt on, but you don't notice it. But, you know, that's one of those things you tell between. It's like, hey, you remember the time when we switched shirts because we needed a different day? You know, so that's what kind of reminded me. It was, it was the same shot, just we swapped shirts for the awesome. <laughs> You know, I did see something about, oh, maybe that's an adaptation that there was like some kind of like continuity thing. I, I guess that's kind of like, I don't know, it made me think of continuity, but y'all ever see it's kind of a funny story with like Zach Galifianakis. It's like this kid trying, like he's under pressure to like get SAT scores. It just made me think of that. And he like submit. He turns himself into a hospital saying he wants to commit suicide. And so they admit him for 72 hours. But they do a rendition of Under Pressure in that movie, too. It's like one of my favorite renditions or use of the song in a movie. But but I digress. I digress. So can you think of anything else, though, Josh? We'll come back to you as far as like the similarities in, I'm thinking about ending things from Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of them have, I, I don't know if, maybe a genre that they called a psychological drama where it's not necessarily a, you know, it's nothing like a bad thriller. going on, but not necessarily a thriller, but well, I'm thinking it, of adaptation yeah, say, at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. With adaptation. Yeah. Just a little bit with that. Yeah. I, mainly the theme of that is the psychological dramas, you know, it, the mm-hmm. internal, like, you know, monologues that are going on within everybody's head that everyone has these thoughts because you know but most people never think that other people are thinking of other things you know which is the strangest thing to me you know right like people have these thoughts i'm like yeah i'm like i mean we may be a different person but we are a human being come on like i have these dumbass thoughts oh god i'm fucking 
I'm 30. I'm working at this. I need to be doing something. You know, everyone has these thoughts. And then it's like, why am I stagnating? I have all the things I can. I can move on, do something else, but I choose not to, you know, or I'm too fat. Why don't, why don't I eat more? Why don't I do this? If I ate this, I would be, I would be, have a girlfriend. If I had a girlfriend, I would have had a home. If I was happy, I would do that. You know, it's like, cause we start hearing that with the, uh, what is it? A the one with uh, Nick Cage. Uh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Cox. Adaptation. adaptation, yeah. Yeah, adaptation. Exactly. Yeah, so you, you, that's, that's it's all of that. You know, that's yeah. the main theme is the internal monologue from all the movies. Yeah, I think, you know, Kaufman is just the king of, like, I mean, I would say the king of meta. And, like, when you kind of do that, and, and when we jump into adaptation, I think that's what he's trying to avoid in that movie. But it, 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 he does it in a way that it makes it work, right? But it is true. Like, that's all of life. Um, but it is interesting when you realize, to Josh's point, when you realize, oh, some people have the same thoughts as me sometimes. Like, I remember it was the holidays. We had ate some edibles. I was high as a kite. I don't even remember, like, what we were talking about. But whatever was said, I thought, like, I'm... I had a reference in my head about like a movie from a scene from a movie and then mom literally said what I was thinking. And I was like, Holy shit. Mom's an actual person who has like, has this mom. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, Oh shit. Like it's crazy when somebody you realize the same thought is in somebody else's head. You know what I mean? Like who hurt him, bro? Do we know who hurt him? Seriously, that it dude had to be got to be a ball of anxiety. <laughs> it, had it had to be his mother, dude. Because every time, here's one thing that I that pointed out: like she, it, it probably his mother put hands on him, bad or good, which there's no good. Um, she probably like beat him just because. <laughs> Unless it's like, your stepmom, look, Josh. If it's your stepmom, then it's good when she puts oh some hands gosh. on you. <laughs> so like, so like she, uh, every time he would always like do this he just, and you're talking about jake and real and, back and, um, jake um, yeah yeah okay yeah he would always like be like apprehensive whenever mm, she oh yeah that's right. on the cheek or like show affection he would just he would do that number so yeah he he his mother he clearly didn't love it i wouldn't say clearly love his mother but he clearly had something there that i guess his mom beat him or whipped him too well even with the dad remember the dad like when he shook his hand coming down the staircase didn't it was even like give they, any yeah, eye contact no eye contact it was just whatever and then the whole basement thing the scratches and the pieces of like dried up tape yeah so there's some there was completely some other stuff there um in that house i think and, the i think the basement though in my opinion was like so yes it was it's a place you don't like to go it's scary you know in most movies is what they said you know Oh, so, in real life, when you go in the oh, in real life too. But yeah, <laughs> so like once he goes, once she goes down there and she starts pulling out the laundry, it's this, it's the janitor's outfit of him mm-hmm. when he's older cleaning the schools, the the school. And I'm like, so is that his dark secret that he is working at the as a janitor and he just hates that about oh, it? That's why it's in the dark is spot, the... you know? God yeah. damn you, Josh! Why you? You sandbagging son of a bitch. You sandbagging (laughs) son of a bitch. That is, dude, that is, and that's why he didn't want to go down there because that, and that's what he was protecting against. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I definitely, talking about, this is one of those movies as we're talking about, I feel like I I enjoy it more. 
I don't know what the fuck I watched. I liked it. It made me feel something, but I don't know. I know the at the one point in the house, I was like, is this a fucking like even Josh said it. I was thinking it, but Josh goes, is this a fucking horror movie? I go, I don't know, man. I think it might be, dude. I don't know what's going on. But when you finish watching the whole context and how it ends at the high school and that whole and 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 you know, we can it made me think of being John Malkovich, that whole scene at the high school. And I know Josh hasn't seen it, Zach. You have you seen being John Malkovich? Yeah, it was a long time ago. But remember how the puppeteer he had a dance called the Dance of Despair and Disillusionment, like when he took over my like that whole school scene, like that's like when the the two dancer selves of the characters show up and they do this huge I'm like, dude, this kind of feels yeah. like being John. It's just so grandiose. It's like, what the fuck is going on, man? But you realize the whole house and everything, like memory and thoughts and regrets and all it, it is horrifying, bro. It's horrifying. Especially it's at the funny age that show said the horror stuff because like the first time I had watched it was right after I, I was binge watching the horror stuff. Mind Hunter. Oh Mind Hunter. And so like dissecting like the stuff with the mother and then like all the different women. Like I was like fucking janitor's a serial killer. <laughs> like that's where my mind went. Like what's no, and when you I never what's that? It's it's a show on Netflix. It's about like how the F, the, the FBI like profiling division got made, but it's a fictionalized telling of the you know like oh, what actually okay. happened. And so it, it it like it shows how like they came up with the word serial killer and and how they started like you know finding out what type of profiles a person. Like to your point, like oh this guy has a some kind of like revenge plot against his mother because of the hurt or this like the humiliation she calls him like and so to zach's point you're right dude now if you if i would have watched this after watching that whole show i'd been the same way and especially with the whole tulsi town downs ice cream shop with the girls there where the girls like i'm scared for you yes type situation yes yes dude and so that girl must have been a girl from his high school memory because remember, like, yeah. Josh goes, wait, didn't he have the same scar on his hand when he gave him the $10 bill? And we were, we yeah, rounded. I was like, rash. oh, shit, it is. So it is. Dude, yeah, it's it's a crazy story. And that janitor probably did kill thousands of little girls. And we don't even know it. And maybe right. Kaufman's a fucking psychotic killer, serial killer. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But he... also, what was the ending of that? I didn't understand. I understand up to a point uh, with the ending. Like, once he started seeing visions or he started seeing shit in his head in the car he started taking off his clothes and then walked with the the pig that had maggots eating it i didn't understand that the only thing i mean i don't know about the rotting pig but obviously you know he had that whole interaction with her when they went into the barn he explained like you know these were the pig pen used to be so i think and actually that i'm saying it because maybe this this beer is starting to hit and my, my mind is, my alpha waves are high right now, but I think it's a death scene. I think it's a death conclusion because in that poem, when I read it again this morning, and, I, and I'll, I have it pulled up real quick, but I think this is what's going on in that whole scene. The sun goes up and down like a tired whore, the weather immobile, right? The, the, the snow was constantly, it was always snowing through this whole memory or whatever, like a broken limb while you just keep getting older. And then... Nothing moves but the shifting tides of the salt in your body. Your vision blears. You carry your weather with you. The big blue well. Remember how the it ends with on blue screen when he after he's singing. So I think this is just that part of that, like, hey, he's at the end of his tail, and now he's remembering 
Like, because whatever happens, he has a panic attack when he gets in that truck. And I think that's yeah. just the transition of him moving into the afterlife. I think. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know if it's true. But again, this movie has so many different interpretations. It's literally the goddamn dance scene in the hallway. Like, I, I, you could literally interpret it lots of different ways. Yeah. I mean, did y'all catch at the end whenever the Oklahoma, right before the Oklahoma song, where he gives the Nobel Prize speech? Yes. That's exactly from A Beautiful Mind. That whole speech is taken from A Beautiful Mind. Really? But I haven't seen A Beautiful yeah. Mind in a long ass time. I thought it was the it's I thought so, it was the the Nobel Prize speech that Sheldon did on the Big Bang Theory. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Don't you ever fucking bring up that show <laughs> in my presence again, dude. I love you, brother. I love you. <laughs> but it's so weird because, um, like, if you look at the, I mean, it plays back into like him building these memories because, like, in his room, that's like one of the the things that showcases a beautiful mind. And so it's just yeah. So, so interesting. now it's interesting that you say that, and like now, like again. Kaufman obviously adapted the script from the book, which, you know, we'll get into that adaptation in a little bit, but you know, how much of that is what he picked up from it. Right. You know, I think, I think I tried to read like the, the description of the book and, it, and it, it's similar in, in its, its description and its log line, but I did feel like Kaufman described his a little bit different, like uh, how he was looking at it. Like he was taking, um, I forgot what it was. I wish I would have taken note of it, but, uh, you know, Zach's the researcher this episode, so um, I'm fine. Yeah, do it again. Also, also, <laughs> do y'all know if there was a artistic expression, or there was another reason why he filmed this movie in four by nine aspect ratio? Did you notice that? Oh yeah, you know that is a good question. Maybe because mm-hmm. it's maybe like a narrow it, view or... of like your memory, like your me- maybe it's kind of showing like the memory you have is a narrow, uh, narrow, narrow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. Dude, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a film critic. Memories, yep. Yeah, when you're looking through the... You're literally when a you're film critic at the now, movies, <laughs> podcast made you one. Like when you're looking into the movies, like, yes, you're seeing... You, those are the blinders, you know? Yes, the, the, yes. the memories are, are yet... Oh, yes. One can argue that, but... Uh, yeah, know you know what? Behind it, you but, know what? The Manfall brothers are going to argue that. That's what it was. The aspect ratio is the narrowness of memory the black blind spots of like of what we think our life was. And as we recreate yeah. it, because memory is recreation. That's good. That's good. That's I, these... I, I'm not going to say the, all the Manfall brothers. I'm going to say, eh, okay. Oh, this guy. Here we I, go. I, wanna, wanna... I told this guy I love no, him. I, I, like it. No, I think there's that. <laughs> yeah, what I do think you there's say? that element. I think it also helps uh, create like the, the sense of claustrophobia you feel especially like mm, i, I think true. that's also what makes it feel but, really creepy uh because like in the car you you feel trapped in the home you feel trapped for as big of a house as it is that is true though. everything it just is so tight so it adds there's multiple uh, i think uses that come out of using that aspect ratio but isn't that the point of this movie there's multiple oh, aspects sure. interpretation so interpretation. even though zach doesn't want to be one of us Maybe there's He's only still... 43 aspects to this movie, <laughs> and it's in a four, three and aspect we've only, ratio. You can like only interpret this egg. movie one way. <laughs> yeah. What is this fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? The meaning of life is 42 plus one. No? Anybody? Hello? Am I isolated on an island? Mo- moving, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Junior can bend backwards, turn his hips all the way around, and suck his dick from behind, bro. Uh, Spits on his ass. 
<laughs> so I'm, dumpty. Dude, I'm always so worried when I go use the bathroom when my brothers are sitting there. <laughs> Sometimes I think they're talking about me in very rude and grotesque ways. Why am I so fat? Do I do I drink too much? Should I start walking on a treadmill? God, I love them, but sometimes I just want to choke these bastards oh. out. I don't know what oh. I'm doing with my life anymore. I guess I better Your get back to Your insecurities are correct. Your insecurities <laughs> are correct. <laughs> okay, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> oh and now we transition into adaptation, I guess. Uh, I will say I did catch the end of that, and that would be a very impressive skill if I could do what Zach just described. So, uh, right. Pretty <laughs> Oh man, adaptation, dude! Like, I forgot how great this movie is, but also I do feel like it reminded me of the first time I saw it, and like I'm chasing the dragon now because like it never is as good as the first time you saw it. So, any listeners who've never seen this movie, I hope that they had that high, that super high. Um, But I guess my first question would be to Josh. He has made comments in the past on other episodes about like he can't take Nick Cage serious when he sees him in a role. What do you think now that you've seen adaptation? How did you feel about his performance? Were you able to disconnect yourself to that crazy idea of him just being a, a meme clown? Like, so just kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is a little strange. It's hard for me, but like, actually, yeah, I mean. We saw two different in this movie. We saw two, you know, his twin brother, you know, and then he was clearly playing two different people, even though they were literally sharing the same DNA. They had just two different personalities. One was timid and very self-conscious, and then, of course, but that—that's this movie is, a, I would say, about him and his brother. We don't see what's really going on in his head, but yeah, definitely. So, what what's the what's the uh, the log line for this one like? How how do we open this up? How would you describe it, Junior? A screenwriter self 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 obsessed over is he able to adapt somebody else's book and keep the integrity of a writer's vision and the disillusionment and the descent into madness as he tries to beat a deadline. Like that's ultimately what i feel like the movie is to me at least okay here's the the log line go for josh a lovelorn screenwriter becomes desperate as he tries and fails to adapt the orchard thief by susan orion from the screen oh for the screen damn my dyslexia kicked in bad (laughs) i forgot you had that dude damn dude (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. it's basically what junior described that's exactly almost what junior said yeah for the what what would you say i would say nicholas cage takes us on a tour de force mm. of an of a um anxiety ridden screenwriter as he tries to adapt a book that has no adapt- <laughs> adaptability into his movie into a movie yeah. <laughs> which he literally referenced that in like at first he's like has this remember he's sitting there with Tilda Swinson's character, I guess like the the exec from the studio, and he's like she's like, So what are your thoughts, right? And like he gives this whole fucking 
this whole spiel about like not wanting it to be forced and letting it exist on its own and, and all this shit. And then um, the next thing you know, he's sitting there with his agent who's all Ron Livingston from fucking office space. And he's like, there's no fucking story like, here. I fuck her up the ass. Yeah, yeah, I fuck her up the ass. <laughs> and he's like, he's telling him like, there's no story in this book. And the guy's like, just make it up, bro. Like, just <laughs> That guy, dude. He's 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 the reason why everything's like everything. He's just like, yeah, just just ship it. I don't care. We'll make money. So why did it feel like he looked younger in this movie? Like the release dates, Office Space is like a couple years before adaptation release date wise, but he looks younger in this than he did in Office Space. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe he was supposed to look miserable for Office Space. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. very true. He's supposed to look like Kaufman did in most of this movie. I mean, how young? I mean, Homeboy looks so young, he fucked so many bitches up the ass, apparently. <laughs> so It's true. It's true. I really like that Joshua, Josh referenced this earlier. Don't like you dare call the me anxiety. Joshua, you fuck. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't gonna say Joshua, but like it it rolled into what I was saying. So I was gonna say another word. Let him it take some like poetic that. license. But, God damn it, Jesus! But <laughs> the way he uses adaptation or adaptation to express like all the anxieties, um, like whenever he's sitting there, he's like, "God damn it, I'm so fat." Yeah. Like if I I, I can't maybe if I lost some weight, I could wear my shirt tucked in instead of having these shirt tails hang out. Like, like that's kidding anybody. Bald. Maybe if I wasn't fucking bald. Yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff. And then I'm just sitting there like, God, I've had every single one of these <laughs> fucking thoughts. Yeah. And then he goes further. He also like lets you in onto like the writing process and like all the things you will do to avoid writing. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Maybe yes. I should eat something. Yeah, he's like, Get some and he's constantly jerking off instead of fucking like <laughs> writing. Like I'm like I've been there so many times. Like all these things. Like um, I'll I'll write better if I make something to eat. And then I'm like, you know what I could do? I I could jizz. And you know, just all these things. Like it it's so. I love. That it's like you're avoiding like, it you into specifically. This. Right. It's no, hundred percent. Because I remember when I. You used to be paid as a uh, what they call a a, a a shadow scholar, and I would have you know I was taking people's English fucking comp one and comp two classes, getting paid to do it. I would have go through the exact same thing. I would just put it off, put it off, and then I'd be like, you know what? Maybe let me go get a twelve pack. And and then like halfway through the twelve pack, I'm like, okay, now I'm like in like now I can write. But uh, but I think I even see that you know it's it's any creative process. I think because even Josh, I think last week he was like, well, I need a finish up the video for the you know for our whatever instagram post and twitter post and he's like but i'm gonna, you said something like i need to go finish this but i'm gonna probably gonna go do something else or something like you were like you were putting it off in a way like and it's and and, and i think we all have that moment of creativity um i think the best like idea is called stephen pressfield the the war of art i don't know if y'all ever read that book but in it there's a small little manifesto about how saying any creative endeavor there's always a resistance and if you feel that resistance, it's because that's the thing you need to be doing. And so like, I think writers, creatives, every, some, everybody that's trying to create something, I think goes through that, like self, like that self-sabotage in a way, like, Oh, I'll, I'll do it later. But how much do you think Zach and Josh, like when he like the whole thing about him, like masturbating instead of writing is, is that like a commentary on like being a writer can be self-masturbatory sometimes if you're not doing it right. Oh, I- you know, if you're not doing it the right way. I don't know if that was explicit, but I think 
It fits very right? well. <laughs> right. Especially like from the whole ass. Especially because he's writing himself yep. into the fucking right. movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and it's also even referenced that he was very narcissistic too. Remember, he's like, what you do is narcissistic. You're writing about yourself. Like, yeah. So I think, you know, I think he does a really good job. Like even in like the movie we just talked about. Um, and then in this, like setting up what he's going to do from the beginning. And like, you don't realize it until like later on, but it's that whole scene at the restaurant again. And uh, he's talking about the book and it's like, you know, it's a great spalling New Yorker stuff. I want to remain true to that. Let the movie exist rather than be artificially plot driven. Right. Like, so he has this grand idea for this movie. And by the end, it's completely everything opposite of he, what he fucking intended to do. Right. And he becomes self masturbatory by like putting him in their meta again, but like, but he does it in such a good way. You're just like, you're kind of fucking just, you're hooked. I can't like I can't say it any other way. And then the performances of Nick Cage playing two different people, like you're just like, you're like, damn, is Donald a literally another person? Like you're like, is did the Nick face Cage- off all over? Yes, it's face off. Yeah, right. You know, which I'll say really quick before we dive back into like the analysis. Do you know that he is like the screenplay says Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman, uh-huh. and he literally got nominated. Donald Kaufman, a fictional character got nominated for the fuck not real not real bro (laughs) (laughs) that is so that to be honest that's my dream to like create enough like buzz with like a my my what was it called nom there you go nom de plume and then to like eventually like write a few things and make that famous and then like me come on and write like write a script with them and then get nominated and like you're you're becoming a robot right now you're cutting out real bad like yeah, you're sounding digital or robotic-y. Beep bop boop bop. Can you hear me now? All right. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, adaptation. Um so, uh, super great. Adaptation. He awesome. he's a super creepy guy who, you know, barely asks a girl to come with him to an orchid show in some other city and just gets Oh, uh, I felt so bad for oh, him, yeah. dude. Like that response was the fucking worst. And what's up with girls? Like, isn't her hair red in that? What's up with Kaufman and Redheads? Right? No, 100%. It's 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 almost like the uh, Guillermo del Toro thing I said when we talked about like Shape of Water and um, you know his other movies, Pan's Labyrinth and and Chronos. But uh, yeah, I think maybe there's something there. And I will say, you were when you were saying that whole the self-deprecating, the whole like going through the whole Charlie Kaufman thing, and you said like that's me. I literally every time I watch this movie, I think this is Zach. And partially, I also think. It Josh is the Donald. Like I feel like y'all are like y'all, are those, but <laughs> but Josh also has cough. Josh also has a lot of the Charlie. Because there's also the part where he's going through that, and he's like, "Oh, my side hurts. I think I have cancer." All this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Nah, that's me. That's me last fucking week where I had my side hurt. It's probably gas, but you know, I'm like, what if it's cancer? I'm gonna die. Fuck. Better get my affairs in order. Gotta buy me a plot yeah. of land for my body to decay." <laughs> <laughs> what that's just so weird to have as a thought You're like well i'm gonna die better buy me a box for me to live in it's like i don't want to end up at the dump my life's already shit or you can be like frank from it's always sunny and just when i die just throw me in the trash <laughs> <laughs> i pray that y'all do that to me as well just no. throw you in the trash 
Right, we'd have to cut you up into pieces, dude. You, you, I don't know how mm-hmm. we'd be able to get you in. Oh, uh, it's like he. We would have to put him in a in a dehydrator. <laughs> Just dehydrate <laughs> a bunch of weight off of him and then you know, be like, all right. I, you know, as funny as that comment is, I, I enjoy it because then it just means like I just have a lot of water weight. I'm not really fat. I just have a lot of yeah, water weight. You're not. It's just liquid, bro. <laughs> Stay liquid, pony boy. Stay liquid. <laughs> is, um, who was that? Who, who was it? Did somebody say that? In yeah, where he cut. Yeah, that was adaptation where he was like. Yeah. What what's an idea for for the serial killer? He's like, all right, he cuts out a piece and he yes get, puts it somewhere or something. He's like, and then he said, I was I was fucking around, or he said he was joking. He's like, can I use that? Like, yeah, can I use that? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, dude, yes. that that whole three scripts. So you know, I love it how at the end, if you after you watch all the credits, they quote a line from that script like, at the end. It's like, you know, like this movie's dedicated to, to Donald Kaufman or, or in memory of Donald Kaufman. And then it cuts to like a squat, a, like a, a line from there. And it's the character Cassie. She's like, we're all one thing, Lieutenant. That's what I've come to realize. Like cells in a body set. We can't see the body. The way fish can't see the ocean. And so envy. So we envy each other, hurt each other, hate each other. How silly is that? A heart cell hating a lung cell. And I'm like, what the fuck? I saw that. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what? But like, I feel like that's what he's trying to say in the movie to a degree, right? At least as far as like him and his brother's relationship. You know what I mean? Like, we are the same. Like, why are we like, why are we trying to hate on each other? Right. Like, um, but I also feel like that's. I, I what- think what he did with his brother is like the two aspects of what he's dealing with as a writer like you know wanting to do like yeah, high art success of being john Mavich. yeah doing like highly artistic like writing for screen and then also at the same time being like i could just do this and it's so easy it makes sense they want it why don't i just do that yeah so and he was had, i really like and that's it, kind of what he ends up doing yeah. anyway with this fucking movie so yeah. well and that's like yeah to that point like remember how Donald's going through the Robert McKee semin- seminars and stuff, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, we write in genres." And so he was a thriller guy, and so he li- like Donald was, you know, when he's talking to McKee, and he's like, "Look, it sounds like you only have," because he's like, "Well, that's the movie. Like, it's 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 a movie about disappointment." And McKee McKee says, "Who's played by Brian Cox?" He's like, "Well, maybe you don't have a movie. Only maybe you only have two acts. I, mean, I can't go back and rewrite." Like he's like, "No." It's all about the ending. Give a great ending and moviegoers are going to love it. But he's like, don't do that dose mocking the bullshit. Like, you know, like, don't do that shit. Yeah. Anyway, but in real, in reality, he had already done that by creating this fake twin brother because that brother is the one that drives the third act. He, it turns into a thriller and it goes against everything he said before about Tilda Swinton. It's like, well, maybe you can make like Orlean and Louis. Have a love I don't want that fucking sex and crimes and drugs and car chases. I don't want this movie to be Hollywood, but then it literally becomes that in the third act. So it's like it's a yeah. very interesting way of like to your point, like the writing process. And then ultimately, it's like, oh, you do have to like because he's like, I don't like rules. Like writing was like, no, no, we write in principles. That you know, and he's like, mm-hmm. so like it, it, it's just so it's meta within meta. It's it's like just it's. He is the it's king a, of meta. It's so good because it's a movie about writing. Yes. At at its core. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And I'm not a writer, so I can't really you'd be like, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you've written some of this things for like your weekend warrior projects that you've talked about in the past. Like, didn't you have to write? I mean, yeah, we wrote like Like, very, yeah, it's very general. The weekend warrior, we had three days. Skeleton script. It was like a very skeleton script. Bro, like just I don't to get those wrote anything, we had a very general idea <laughs> in our head, and then we might have wrote it down. So we did. You know what? You know, this makes a like... lot more. This makes a lot of sense of how like you your creative process that I've seen like with you cutting these videos, which have been great, by the way. Um, but like you're like you have you're like I have this. I gotta find this idea in my head. Like you don't write it down. You just want to keep it in your head. Josh would do really well at like a writer's table. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Not any of the writing. You know, like for like the Simpsons yeah. or like um, American Dad where they're all just sitting around. Josh is like, what if they do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, there was like, dude. okay, like when I was making the trailer for the war, no, the favorite Western, like I, I already had like a thing down and I was just like, and I got really high one time and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Whenever it got to the part where where it's like, whenever he's putting his hands out on the horse and stuff, I was like, why don't I just make it cosmic, you know? Because I saw a video of this cat <laughs> where like a flower was on his head, and then it's like, and it, then it just like expands, like his mind is blown. And I'm like, oh, I can just put that in with the the giving the heart because originally I didn't have any of that him biting it, and oh, I mean I had him biting it, but I didn't have the whole you know it, the whole uh right being transcended like mind, and stuff mind expanding right like yeah and then i added that and then i was like oh this still doesn't feel right and then it was just like oh take a bite say the and famous line that he had and then it was just like tatanka and i was like this is yeah. genius this is genius no. <laughs> <laughs> no dude i caught that like when i saw the video i was like oh dude he took a bite of the heart and like it opened his mind and like Tatanka, yeah. I was like, oh shit, dude. Like, yes. And I will also say, I mean, Josh kind of explained it to me. And then when he explained it to me, I was like, holy shit, dude. The scene <laughs> that he put in there with like uh, Joe from A Fistful of Dollars shooting all the guys, he edited that all together because oh, they yeah. had it cut to scenes in the movie of like something else going on. I was like, holy shit, that was so seamless. I literally thought it was from the fucking movie, dude. I was like, oh. I have the file yeah. to prove it. <laughs> this guy. This guy, this guy. But no, again, I think he does a great job of like that dose. Like, but you don't know it. Like, it's like he he knows the rules of screenwriting, but he also knows them so well that he can bend them. He can throw them to the wind. And it still all just fucking yeah. works, bro. And it's just... Uh, the whole time I was watching McKee, I was like waiting, of, waiting for him to be like, fuck off, Roman. Fuck off, <laughs> yeah. Kendall. For fucking succession, <laughs> which I have only yeah. seen the first season. Um, oh my god such a good show josh what are your like you know this is your first time watching adaptation what other thoughts that you have like as far as like you know you've made a movie obviously you're the guy at the writer's table that's just like what if we make him do this but like what what did your what are your thoughts i mean you we already talked about like nick's, nick's performance nicholas cage but what other thoughts did you have about it from you know being a person that's made a movie a couple of movies i mean they he does it very good way of telling like yes y'all talked about it is about a writing movie but it does it also has that creative process of just being stuck you know and they definitely Mm -hmm. talk they definitely show that in this movie that yes all these things are real and and it look it doesn't feel like you're avoiding it 
but when you see it from a third person perspective, you're like, dude, just do it. Like you're clearly avoiding <laughs> it. But you know, when you're, when it's actually happening to you, you're like, Oh shit, this is real, you know, or something like that. But yeah, it definitely, uh, it definitely, uh, does a good job of showing the creative process and the, of course the anxiety of, you know, what goes on in our heads, you know, of being of, a human, of being an actual person. Yes. An individual. Well, I mean, th- th- okay. It should all make us question if any of us are real, like, am I making you up? Are you making me up? What's, what's real at this well, point? Like, I'm only taking at you. So at for, I'm, do we need to be? I'm only taking you at face value. So technically I'm taking, uh, what I'm thinking of you, right? Because how am I supposed to yeah. know who you right. are inside your own head? Holy yeah. shit. You, you literally, how do you know that what I'm saying isn't what you would want to hear from a person that you thought was real? Oh, God. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, wasn't that the whole, like, now he said that, I'm like, isn't that the whole point of I'm thinking about anything? Like, like, he's literally creating what he thinks the person was saying, maybe to a degree. Like, oh, like what yeah, Josh saying, yeah. like I'm just taking it from surface value. I don't know what your intent is. I don't know what you know where you're taking on. Wasn't that a whole thing about the frequency? Oh, they, yeah, they started talking about kind of going back to that that movie, the tinge, the frequency of colors, and like you know, like how we see things. Like, yeah, like I think that's a very good point, and I'm just blown away right now because I'm like, holy shit, another connection that Kaufman is doing, and I think he does that well in all of these movies, like. Like, and you question a lot of things like what is your memory what is reality what is you know all these things and so even when josh was saying all that things he was saying earlier you really see that like like oh like just do it like the whole scene with the girl in adaptation his love interest like there's always these moments like he could try to go in for the kiss but he doesn't and this is like just fucking like, dude those moments Maybe because I was a hopeless romantic as a as a teenager, and I think maybe the both of y'all are... once a hopeless romantic, always. Oh bro. yeah, I think the you, both you're of just y'all. Jaded, bro. Yeah, I think the both of y'all are the same. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know if that's genetics or nature, nurture, whatever. But dude, those I'm moments are so like it, they hit so profoundly. Like, dude, just make the fucking move, man. Like, but then at the same time, I'm saying that to this fictional character. I'm literally saying it to myself, like thinking back to memories, like, dude, you should have just made the fucking move, man. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you? Well, I think that's something that falling back on how layered these movies are. It's where she reads the poem and he's like, it's like it's written about me. And she's like, well, that's what one would hope. The universality of the uh, it's specific. content. Yeah. Like you think it's for you. And that kind of plays into what you were just saying. Like, you know, you're well, at least one of your favorite artists. I remember when you were like late teens, T.S. Eliot, you know, the hollow man and all that, you know, he talks about like how we fill in the imaginative gaps. Like as a writer, you want to leave the space for an imaginative gap to fill in. And I, I think that's what these movies or like even that poem, like, it, it creates a space where you're in the imaginative gaps with your memory, with your experience. Yeah. And you, you start to like, God damn it. Like, why didn't I fucking say that to this person? Why didn't I do this? Like, yeah, no, that, that reminds me of what what I was trying to get at is like how she says that is what Kaufman does really well. He allows 
the viewer to relate so much yes. that it's like it's written for them. Like we're, you know, yeah. those moments where you're talking about, we're just fucking do it. We, and you can think back to like how you're a hopeless romantic and those moments stand out in your mind or like where he's going through those anxiety moments and it stands out to me or Josh or Holy all these shit, things dude. and like the writing. So like, it's just so I've, his movies have that. Yes. It, when you're saying that, you know what I'm thinking? That's why his stuff's so meta. He, in the lines that he's writing, he's literally writing those lines, but they're, it's the gaps between the lines that you're experiencing. Are like imitating life, bro. Yes, it, yes. It's, it's literally, he, what he does with his meta and his writing is he, that imaginative gap that we feel when we read a poem and we feel like it's specific to us. These movies are literally taking that specificity and putting it there and it's, it's universal for all of us because we're like, oh, I've been in this fucking moment, man. And I remember yeah. it. Like, it's so core to who I am. Um, Jesus, dude. Like, we just had a breakthrough here, listener. And, uh, you know, I'll say <laughs> that um, I wish I had been more of who, you know, Donald was in this movie. And to be honest, I think that is Josh. I remember Josh saying, like, exactly like that scene when he's at the end. And remember, early on, he says, I don't want a movie about uh, uh, people that have like these profound changes or experiences or whatever, right? And then yet that's what happens. Him and his brother are hiding behind the log or his, you know, Donald. And he's talking about that time I saw you talking to Sarah Marshall. And, you know, Donald's like, yeah, I remember that. I was so in love with her. And he's like, but but she, she you know, she, you know, she made fun of you when you left. And like, how, and like, I know. He's like, I heard that. But that was my love. Like, I felt that. Like, like she couldn't, even even she couldn't take that love. Like, because yeah. you are the things you, you, you are, are what thing, you love. Yeah, you are the things you love, not the things that don't love you. Mm. And you're like, mm. oh, shit, bro. You're like, oh, fucking like. Oh, and man, Charlie just Carl, reminds yeah. me of the song. There's a song that goes, you're not what you, it, it's literally the same fucking line. It's so weird. I, I wish we had the rights to play it. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it's because I, I am Star Wars. I love Star Wars, so I am Star Wars, dude. Well, any final thoughts, guys? What do you what do y'all think on the movies? Mm. Great movies. Um, I will say that I can see why Michelle Condry and Charlie Kaufman like have a connection. I I agree. It's a great, uh, great ending to our 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 Michelle Gondry and Charlie Kaufman detour, influenced by um. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think uh, we learned a lot, and we were very fortunate to experience these movies, I feel. It's a good peer into one's inner thoughts and desires and memories. So I would say definitely go and watch this if you want to see how an individual is as a person, even though you you are an individual, but they don't usually make movies like this that often. You know, it's just the peer peering into their own thoughts and anxieties and fears and memories that's a wrap folks we'll see you next week and uh hopefully junior is able to get his shit together so until next time see y'all later